You know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Uh, what matters to me? Well, I'm going to be the homer that I can be at times, and I'm going to tell you the Philadelphia Eagles are playing in the NFC Championship game. That's what matters to me. I know I'm supposed to report and, and give you information on things throughout the league, but like everybody else, my heart beats to something. And uh, right now it's beating to the fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> so I uh, hope you guys will be able to at least um, be with me and understand that uh, it's a, that's an emotional time for me. It doesn't happen all this. I mean, everybody starts off the year hoping that on championship weekend that you're playing in a championship game so you can go to the to the big boy game, the real big boy game. And it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles got a chance to do that. But what I want to do is, uh, of course, I want to bring my man Willie Gibson in with me. Um, Willie, one thing that I could not believe is that the National Football League accepted the challenge of college football. And and after that national championship game that we had, and Alabama winning in such dramatic, in such a dramatic way, that uh, it looks like the Minnesota Vikings, I'd have to say that they topped it. Absolutely. I'd have to say Absolutely. they topped it. You know, I, and, and didn't even mean to. I don't even think they meant to top. No, there was no intent. And and I think unlike, I I, I truly believe unlike. The, the Alabama game, there were people on the sidelines of the Minnesota Vikings sideline that were feeling defeated, and, and there were people on the Saints sidelines that were feeling very victorious. Uh, I, I think that's just a little bit, I think the feeling was different with Alabama in that Alabama game. Um, I, I think they just, for some reason or another, they might have felt as if they had a chance. At, at the professional level, you're, you're dealing with defensive backs that know how to play those situational defenses. And there's no way in the world you're going to let somebody score a 60-yard touchdown play in the last play of the game. What we're seeing is happening. You want to talk about that a little bit? What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and that's what I mean. I don't, I don't know that Minnesota even, I think their intent was I needed a sideline pass to get out of bounds to give my kicker a shot. That was their intent. I think so when when Diggs catches the ball, he's probably about at the 30, 35 yard line maybe, which gives it that from that perspective, you're looking at about a 48 to 53 yard field goal to win it. That was their mindset. So when my when my guy Marcus Williams, and uh, I think he uh, is getting a bad rap. I mean, yes, he missed the tackle, but if you look at it, he was trying not to get there too early to commit pass interference on Diggs and give them automatically the first down. But uh, when Diggs caught that ball and took a step and realized nobody was in front of him in the end zone, that was it. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because it's like, you know that they're playing for, I mean, the, the Vikings were not playing that that pass. I mean, every pass, and you know, I, I'm, I'm an execution person, and, mm -hmm. and I think this is a great example of it. If everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do, the results are a touchdown. 
for the offense. On the defensive, I, I mean, uh, on the defensive, everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do, then they stop the play. And you know what's very interesting is that if you look at both plays, obviously the Alabama play I'm talking about, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the play that helps the Minnesota Vikings uh, propel them to the NFC Championship game is <clears throat> the defense was in the same coverage. Uh, both times you saw the corners in, in, uh, in vulnerable positions in the championship game for college, you saw the corner throw his hands up because he didn't understand why the safety didn't get over top because you're supposed to cover half the field. You cover from half the field to the sidelines. Right. And then, of course, in the Minnesota Vikings, you know, player runs a seven. Another guy, you know, in front of him, you know, he runs, you know, probably runs a five. And which are uh, which is, you know, all those are routes that go outside trying to get towards the sideline. You know, a, a deep seven would get you to the corner of the end zone. But this time they weren't trying to go that far. So he didn't run it that deep. But the fact of the matter is same coverage played differently by, the, you know, by the safeties on both plays. But both of them made, you know, mental mistakes. You, you, you got to you, you got to know the situation. Another thing I will say. Is, of course. All those out there that have played football before, communication is key. And when I say that, you know, you have to constantly remind one another what their role and responsibility and what the situation is, what we need to do. I didn't see that. I didn't see that communication going on. And, and you're talking about a rookie playing in the secondary, the biggest game of his life. You know, somebody's got to take charge. You know, somebody's got to, you know, speak up, talk, tell the guys what to do, exactly what to do. If you know, if you think you, they know what they're supposed to do or not, remind them, hey, guys, all we got to do is just tackle them in bounds. Let them catch the ball, make a tackle. Now, I think the young man was concerned about pass interference. He got a good break on the ball. In fact, he got such a good break on the ball, he might have been able to, you know, reach around him or maybe even intercept the ball. Mm. <coughs> But I think he felt that he, he got there too early and he was going to interfere with it. So he, I think he was trying to move his body in such a way that he didn't interfere with the receiver. Without, without thinking about the fact, because you don't have time to think about it, you just got to react, that I got to knock the ball. There's nobody else to knock the ball down but me. So when you saw it and you see how it played out and the camera zooming in, what, what, what were you thinking about, Willie? Well, I agree. I I think that's exactly what I, he, uh, Marcus Williams, thought is I got there too early. I don't want to cause a penalty on my team because if he if he gets flagged for pass interference, if uh, Diz catches that ball or not, the game is over because there's a spot. Well, yeah, yes, it's a spot foul. But one thing else we, we got to understand. I'm quite sure in his mind he's thinking I can't cost my team the game. And in him thinking I can't cost my team the game, he ended up costing his team the game. Yeah, anyway he, he, he was thinking too much. You can't think like you can't think at that time. You're exactly right. The way Kevin Durant is playing against LeBron James makes my position. So, so um, the fact as you said that he was thinking about it. You think he was thinking about the fact that I'm going to cost my team the game because I'm in a position where I think I'm going to interfere with the receiver. Is that what you think that he was thinking? What he's thinking is uh, again not wanting to be caused to to commit pass interference. I don't. That's the I don't. All of that extra me thinking me speaking that I'm I'm quite sure he didn't think all of that at the time. But I'm I'm quite sure the primary thought is because you can tell by the way he, he contorted his body. He stopped and he 
dove because he's like, I don't want to touch this man. I got there too early. If I get there before the ball, that's passing the finger. I think right there is the only thing he was thinking about. So in order to stop his body to avoid the passing of fear. Okay, so uh, here, here's what I will say, Will, to the comments that you're making. Uh, I, I think I can relate to this. I can actually go back in time um, years ago when I was playing safety for uh, the Cleveland Browns. We were playing cover two, um, and it was a flea flicker. Uh, we, we ran, uh, I'm sorry, the Jets ran a flea flicker against us. And the fact of the matter is the safety on the other side of the field, the left side of the field, bid up on a route on the run. I changed that, not the route, but the run. Uh, but somehow I was out of position. I was on the other side of the field. I read the play correctly. I take off and I start running because I see a receiver in the end zone. And and I I basically surprised myself so so the fact that I got there so fast that I was in a position that I would if I would have turned my head around I could have probably intercepted the ball in the end zone but I I, I didn't think fast enough so therefore I I kind of watched him catch the ball, then tried to hit him or tried to knock it out and of course he caught a touchdown but but those things something you you. You do think about a lot of things, but sometimes, you know, you don't think you just react because you've been in the situation, you've seen the situation, but that pass interference call is something that, oh, you know, the good defensive backs, you, you have a problem with that at times, you know, and sometimes it's because you, you're doing your job so well that you surprise yourself at times when you find yourself in a position where you didn't anticipate you would be in, but it's because, again, You've studied, you've seen it, your mind has taken over, and so your body has reacted to what your mind is thinking about. You move in that position, and, and then the next thing you're doing is like, oh, man, I'm here early. It's like, okay, so what do I do? And I could see the young man, like you said, the way he contorted his body. I could, I could see him, and I, I, I was thinking, you know, he was worried about the pass interference, but not, but not understanding the fact that, okay, if it's a pass interference, you still got a field goal kicker has got to come here. I don't care how good you think he is. As much pressure is on you as 100 times more on that field goal kicker. And, and, mm -hmm. and you could have blocked it, you know. So, it, again, just a young man not thinking about all that. Just I feel for the young man because if we want to say it or not, young man took full responsibility for it. I believe Marcus Williams was his name, and, and I believe Marcus said that uh, it's all on him. He, you know, he take full responsibility for it. Uh, his teammates wanted to do the right thing, and of course, uh, deflect any blame from him and absorb some of it themselves, which they are correct in doing. You know, they there was some other plays in the game too that they'd have made, and they, they wouldn't be in that position. But the fact of the matter is, from now until the league doesn't exist anymore. Marcus Williams will forever be associated with that play and it will be viewed as if it was his fault. Uh, again, I know that from uh, a play that I was involved in again with the Browns, the fumble. That was, uh, you know, Ernest Biner. We would have never been there if it were not for Ernest Biner. The, the, the Saints would have never been in a position to win a game if it wasn't for an interception that Marcus made earlier in the game. Exactly. And that's that's what I want people to remember. If it was up to me, he had 13 tackles in the interception before that play. 
Yeah, so, but that's not the way. That's yeah, not that's right. not the way the picture is going to be painted. That game is well beyond the reach of the Saints. Yes. without his play. But they're going. That, that's going to be the the miracle in Minnesota, and he's going to be forever highlighted as the person who did not make the play on the ball and who did not make the tackle. That's what's, that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. I mean, if I if I'm not mistaken, I mean everybody the fumble. Ernest Biner. We, we would have never been there if it wasn't for Ernest Biner. Oh, my God, I've never seen a man work so hard in my life and play so hard. In fact, Ernest and I got into a little, you know, scuffle in practice because of his preparation and my preparation, too. You know, Ernest wanted to run the ball in practice and run over and past everybody. And I'm like, man, I just don't know about this. I, I can't practice habits of letting a running back run past me. So I wrap him up. Well, he didn't like that, man. Ernest didn't like that. Don't no, man. Don't wrap me up. I, I gotta, you know, I gotta get my groove on. I said, well, I gotta get my groove on. <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> so you know that that's how tempers flare at times. You know, when you, when people really concentrating and trying to, you know, get prepared for the game. Every single detail is important to them. And I'm telling you, a detail of communication was key for that young man. How do you how do you get in a in a in a, in a huddle with a with a NFC Championship game on the line, and you don't communicate with I, because I haven't heard anybody say that we all said keep the guy in bounds, you know, wrap up, make sure you tackle, use your arms, make sure they don't get out of bounds. I, I didn't hear, I haven't heard that in any reports from the people after the game, the players after the game. That's the come you know they didn't do it, right? And that's that's important, man. Sometimes your mind just drifts a little bit. You know, and now the corner you say, uh, number 20, I, I don't recall his name at the time. Uh, I, I think that uh, when Marcus came down, Marcus' body came down in such a way that he tripped up the corner. So, therefore, the corner couldn't, you know, react or, or run the guy down. That is correct. So, it was. He, did, uh, he, took, his own, he took his own man out. They were yeah. the last two guys to be there. Yeah, but I, I will I will say that uh again, I don't believe, you know, and luck is hard work and preparation. You know, and I think hard work and preparation is is what got Minnesota to where they are today. Uh you know what's really interesting? I, I don't know about you, Will, but I, I don't think I can recall ever where there's been an NFC Championship game, and me and you may have talked about this a little bit uh, early in the week or, or sometime, where you got two backup quarterbacks that'll be starting. I don't know. We yeah, have, we, we I, probably I don't have know to go. There's been two. I don't think we even have talked about that, but I know back in the 70s, uh, Earl Morrow for the, for the Colts and the Dolphins was a backup. Uh, Hal Stetler won the Super Bowl for the Giants. Yeah, uh, yeah, one one guy has been a back. You're exactly right. You're yeah, exactly right. Two. Yeah, that's right. But not two in the championship game. No. But listen, we're gonna take a yeah. break. and We're gonna come back. Uh, you know, just marinate that a little bit, as Michael Jackson used to say. Marinate on that a little huh. bit, and we'll talk about it on the other side. You used to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my man Willie Gibson with me. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And things living like it matters. What matters to me, uh, my Philadelphia Eagles. When I say my, uh, I was blessed to be drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I was actually the 12th round pick. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in 1981. I was the very last pick that they had um, in the draft. And it actually, I was uh, one pick away from being Mr. Irrelevant uh, because the last pick went to the Raiders because the Eagles and the Raiders had played in the Super Bowl. So, uh, man, I'm glad to see we, of course, my rookie year, we lost to the Giants in a playoff game, came, um, Close, but hey, that was it. I did get a chance to experience first round of playoffs in my rookie year. But uh, let me say something to you, Will, about rookies playing in the National Football League, particularly their that that rookie season. That's when you're a rookie. Other than that, you're a veteran. Don't care if you're four, five, six, seven years. You you are after your first year of playing in the National Football League, which you only have to play four games, and that's a recorded season. You're no longer a rookie, but the season is long for yeah. Fournette, Fournette's been talking about that all week about how long the season now, is compared man, to college. I'm telling you, and and when those guys now people talk about distractions, okay. And um, I was listening to one of the big boy shows earlier today, and uh, one of the general managers was was talking about what's a distraction, what what's not a distraction. A long season is a distraction for a player. And let, let me let me just help folks understand what I mean by that. It becomes a distraction because there are things that happen that it affects your normal way of living that you've been living your entire life and it's being totally disrupted. Like as a college player now, you're a professional player, which means you probably have never missed Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. of being with your family 
And, and that could be an emotional burden or challenge for some people, particularly when you're a rookie, you live in a city and it's a veteran team and nobody invites you over to dinner and you end up like I did, you know, having a cheeseburger, fries and a Coke for dinner on Christmas Day in a hotel, wow. you know, and you, you, you hours and miles away from your family you know I, and 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 those are some things that can they, they could be an emotional drain it could affect you a little bit you could be you know you know how you come to practice you got a whole lot of energy maybe you might not have a whole lot of energy then you know and it's like okay well we we, we in the playoffs this is what i've dreamed of my whole life but it's totally disrupting my life that i normally have lived and so you know those kind of things could start you know Affecting a person's life They could get depressed Particularly you could get depressed If you on the team But you're not really You're not the man like you were in college Right <laughs> And when I say the man in college You know how it is You know you, you've been starting Three four years in college You know certainly two years in college you, Now you're playing pro ball You might be on special teams You ain't getting that much run <laughs> It's like oh man you know Lollygag, come on, no, you can't lollygag. Special teams is important in pro football. Right. They, they, t I mean, it's like twenty five percent of the plays, and they take it very seriously. And so you, you have to be your approach to that needs to be very serious. When you show up to those meetings, at the first meetings every morning is a special teams meeting. You have to be ready to go. You have to be focused. You can't make mistakes. They do run kickoffs back in the National Football League. And, and as, as we almost witnessed, there was a chance that a field goal could win or lose the game. And, you know, in the case, we thought that's what we were looking for, you know, from Minnesota. And in, right. and in that case, the Saints, if you want field goal block, that's important that you know what you're supposed to be doing. You get in there and you, you, you block it. So, it, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're just, it's a, it's a long season. When you think about it, it's, it's almost like two NFL, two, I'm sorry, two college seasons equate to one NFL season. What are we playing now? 11 games in, in, in college football? 11 games? Uh, 12. 12 games? Regular season, 12. Okay, 12 games. You got 16 and 4 is 20. And then if you make it to the, to the playoffs, you know, you got at least 21. You hope you get 22. And you praying that you get twenty three. That's that's two that's two seasons in college. You're right. That's a long time, man. That, that's a long time, and and that's one thing that that they do not do a good job of preparing the rookies for when you come in. They they talk to you about you know the progression in terms of the status of who you are and what the expectations are you of you. You know, particularly off the field and hand, how you handle yourself as a pro because you now represent not only are you before you represented your family and your university. Now you represent yourself, your family, your university and your job, your employer. And, mm. and you could affect that employer's value of his brand. So it's extremely important how you have. So they want to make sure that they protect the brand. Always the brand is more important. That's what my man Herm always used to say, and he still says it to this day, Herman Edwards, you know, protect the shield. You got to protect the shield.
<laughs> but uh, but no, uh, they did it. I'll tell you what they did do in terms of performance. They protected the shield. They can talk all they want. All those people out there saying the ratings are down for the National Football League. Anybody who loves football, you know, it was one, one game I saw, you know, Somebody walking out on the field had nothing to do with the game, but, you know, it was, it was a cameo appearance for him, so he, he, he wants to walk on out, you know. But this, this these football games lived up to the hype, with the exception. And I don't know, did you, did you, did you, pick, did you pick the Patriots? I did, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I gave Marcus an opportunity to break, you know, you know, it's like this. Let's disrupt some things. It's your stage now. Go on, gonna take it. I don't think he was ready for the challenge. No, no. Do, I mean, do you really think he played his best football game at the most important time of his life? This is one thing that that I, I want to share with you, Will. You know, a lot of times in the National Football League and 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 in the NBA, this is they were talking about on the Big Boy Show today about you know. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But Kevin Durant and LeBron James. It's like when Kevin faces LeBron, he don't back down. No. In fact, he, he want to go at LeBron. You know, and he plays some of his best basketball when he plays against LeBron. True. And, and which is, mm, in, in some cases, like I said, we'll talk about it later, that LeBron's not shutting him down. But LeBron had, makes some great defensive plays. But I don't know if we've always called LeBron a great defensive player. LeBron is just an, a complete basketball player. There's no real deficiencies in his game. But if there is, would it be that he's not the greatest defender in the world? Uh, you know, he's also not the greatest scorer in the world, but he's, but he's the best player in the world. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know how you figure all that out. But at the same time... Um, that's, that's what's important. When you're playing the best players for you to play your best, and, and, and Marcus Mariota, what he should have done, he should have been prepared to play the greatest game he's ever played in his life because he was on the biggest stage he's ever been on his life, and it was there for the takings. Now, he's not playing like one-on-one -on -one against Tom Brady. I get that. But every time Tom gets the ball, either he scores or it's three and out or you know seven and out or whatever, they, they turn the ball back over to you. And it's not your turn to shine. He didn't get that done. What, what, what do you think was going on in his head? What, you know, talk a little bit about Marcus Mariota, how he could have played better and what he should have done or, you know, how, again, it's a quarterback, you're the leader, you got to make it happen. Go ahead, Will. Sure. Um, I think a couple things. One, uh, according to Malarkey, he was hurt after the, you know, early on in the game. First quarter, I believe he said he bruised his quad or pulled his quad or Something along that line. Now, I don't know how much of that is his head coach, you know, making an excuse for him. For Malar I think Malarkey is trying to find, you know, he knows his job was on the line. So, you know. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, I was going to get to that. Like, well, we know how that ended up yesterday. He, uh, I don't, how, how do you mutually agree to part ways? I, I you know, Ray, I, I work for you and I decide along with you that I'm not going to work for you anymore. No, you fire me. That's right. I, I never understood the whole mutually agreed to part ways. Let's just say he got fired and keep it moving. But that's that's, that's, that's what David story. that's what uh uh you know David Letterman and uh, President Obama in the conversation, <laughs> you know, President Obama told David, "I did I didn't get fired. 
uh, I guess David Letterman did get fired. They didn't offer, they didn't renew his contract, obviously. So that's same thing. Right, right. But um, I mean, I don't know he's a young guy, third year, third year in the league. You know, he made the playoffs. You know, maybe this is a stepping stone. You know, did he play his best? No, but hopefully, you know, next year he knows now. He got, he's gotten a taste of the playoffs. He now knows what it takes to make the playoffs, and now hopefully he can build upon this experience and, and make it further in the playoffs going forward. All right, that's a good one. Uh, good answer there. I, I like that. We're going to uh, hold on that, come back on the other side of the break, talk a little bit about now he knows what it takes. Uh, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Will and I will be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America's Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I want to give a shout out to my man there, James Loving. Loving that sports. Uh, tune in, listen to James. James enjoys talking about sports and particularly uh, football in his days in Philadelphia Eagles. James got some good stories, so tune in to him. Uh, speaking of good stories, uh, Willie, I've, I've been saying that uh, I am happy. Um, what matters to me is the Philadelphia Eagles are in a position where they could make it to the Super Bowl. And uh, we were talking earlier before we went to break, and you talked about, you know, Mariota. Uh, Marcus just, at least now he knows what it takes to get to the playoffs. And it's interesting you say that because uh, there is, you know, you know, from a veteran's perspective, and I can only speak from a veteran's perspective because I, my time is over with, but I can look back because I got a chance to play 
And and I know a, pers- a rookie perspective, like I just told you, a rookie perspective of, you know, hey, man, I, I'm away from my family. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving, man. This is a long season. That rookie, that you think about that when you're a rookie after that, you, you're hoping and praying for that long season. So in the case of Marcus Mariota, you know, um, coming back next year, um, he is, he, you know, he's not, he's not a rookie this year. As a matter of fact, he's a rookie to the playoffs. And, and now that he's been there, um, you're right. You know, he knows what it takes to get there. But getting there, man, you, you don't just want to get there. You, you want to get there. You want to take the next step and the next. And they know what they've done this time. And this is what I, I was saying. Um, I actually was on another show. Um, and I, I brought up the fact that I'm tired of hearing too many former players Talk about the fact that this is just, you know, playoffs, it's just it's just another game. It's not just another game. No. It's not just another game. You know, you prepare you prepare for it like you prepare for every other game. No, you do not. You know, one thing that, that, that you learn once you get to the playoffs, I saw the Philadelphia Eagles playing a game, uh, and Donovan McNabb, I believe, was a quarterback, and and uh and and the game went into overtime and then and it ended in a tie, and I don't think Donovan was aware of the fact that an NFL game could end in a tie. In the playoffs, they don't. They will not. Right. Some right. they gonna play until you know somebody gonna win. Y'all ain't going home, boys. <laughs> you know, you you just gonna keep playing till somebody wins. And and not only that, I, I said this also is the fact that for some people, what was, what was really, oh, particularly for the Minnesota Vikings, let's forget Tennessee for a minute. The Minnesota Vikings. For some people, that will be the last game they ever played in their life. They will never forget that. They will never play in another NFL game. Whether you were a 10-year veteran, 5-year veteran, or, or you were a rookie who, who will not make the team next year in any other team. It's the last game you ever played in. How do I know that you'll remember those things? Again, I can speak from my own experience. The game that I keep referencing as the fumble, it's the last pro football game I ever played in my life. Wow. <laughs> and so uh, I know for myself, I, I tried to do, I tried to give everything that I could. I, I was playing with an injury that basically ended my career, neck injury. But I, I remember Mark Jackson catching a pass and putting a couple moves on some guys on the other side of the field. And I just decided, man, I wasn't gonna give up. I'm, I'm just gonna run and chase him down and chase. I was just too tired. Once I did tackle him, if I had enough breath, I, I could have told the referee, "Hey, man, look at the camera. I, I got him on the one. He was down because the ref was behind us. He didn't see it, but yeah, but he was down. And what could have happened? Who knows? Maybe now we make a play on the one yard line, and the game is completely different." But every touchdown back then was not reviewed. If it would have been reviewed, that would not have been a touchdown. Because when his knee came down, the ball was not over. But, but, but one thing about it is, you know, and fans are the same way. You know, fans of these teams, man, this is something they're going to live with for the rest of their life. But, I, I, you know, and the coach going in. Now, let me ask you this. Well, what do you think about the coach going in with the pressure of his job on the line? Players do it all the time. But very seldom does the coach go into a situation where he understands that his job, you know, if it's either win or, or go home or go to another team. Do you think that affected Malarkey in the way he, he called the game for the Tennessee Titans? Well, I don't know because before that, he was it was announced that he got a, a contract extension. So apparently everyone assumed that his job was safe. 
but apparently in the workings of the of the organization, the owner and uh, uh, the uh, general manager, they knew better. They knew otherwise. So um, it could be. It From could be that you know, because the the word was had he need hey he needed to beat Kansas City when that first one in order to save his job. But you know, I don't I don't believe and I hope that the 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 mandate was you got to beat Belichick in order to keep your job because he might as well packed it in, you know, before flying to Boston. Yeah, and for some people that that game was over before it even was played. You know, that's right. exactly right. It was like I, I forget what the odds were in Vegas or what they were favored by, but it it was probably you know, probably maybe d- double digits. Uh, but but certainly, uh, I would imagine that's a lot of pressure. Uh, for a coach to coach under those kind of conditions, but it happens. It it happens. It wouldn't be the fr- it wouldn't be the first time you've heard. There's a few people whose job may be on the line. Uh, but you know when you take a team to the playoffs and you lose to the New England Patriots, I think you might want to pump the brakes on that one. That's that's what I was going to ask you, Ray. I mean, what 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 if if not making the playoffs with a the young team as Tennessee is, you know, that doesn't. And you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers how many times this year? Three times right, this year? Right. And, and that, if that doesn't quote unquote save your job, I mean, what, what does you made the playoffs, you know, 20 teams did not make the playoffs this year. 12 did. So you're one of 12 teams in the league that made the playoffs and you lost your job. That's telling me that they didn't want him to begin and with. And you won a game. You won a game in the playoffs. And you won a right. You won a playoff game. Which is uh is that the second time in history they won a playoff game? I think it's the second time they've won a game a playoff game. And well, you Tennessee, put, and you they, put they and this is a team in the nineties with uh Steven there, Eddie George. Yeah, they they yeah, they uh they they won a playoff game before, yeah. As a matter of fact, they they went to uh AFC uh I'm sorry, uh yeah, they went to a championship game. And, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl against the Rams. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl. That's exactly right. I, I, I'm saying a playoff game. That's the Super Bowl. That was the Super Bowl, right? And and so let let's look at it like this way. This is what I think really is lost in the mix. You know, uh, last year they didn't make the playoffs, and and then you come back and and you you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Steelers who who we heard. On many occasions, the guys just already assumed that they were going to beat. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm getting mixed up with the Jaguars now. I'm sorry, which I obviously got to note that I want to go to that and have that conversation. But 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 Tennessee obviously did a, did a great job and 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 beat. I'm, I'm sorry, they did beat the Steelers. Bad note, Ray. Um, but I, I just don't see how you how you just wipe that off. I mean, you beat them. You would, yeah, you did beat them three times, right? The they beat them three times. They beat them th- right. They beat the Steelers three times this year, didn't they? No. How many times they no. beat the Steelers? Tennessee. Yes. Uh, let's see. Didn't they play them uh, twice? No, they're in, they're in a separate division. They're in the AFC South. So they uh, not the north, not the north. So they didn't face them at. Okay, I got my notes mixed up here. So anyway, my point is the fact that yeah, they you, did they played them once. They lost to the Steelers. Okay, they, they lost, lost to them. Steelers. Okay, but but you well, when when it was necessary, you won. Right. And and the Steelers, who obviously, you know, were a little shooken up by that. Um, 
But still, you go in, you go into, you, and you play in New England. You know, that's just not going to, that's not going to happen. You're asking for an awful lot for a person's job to be on the line for that. Right. You got, you got two goats on that team in, in the position. You got, you got all the coordinators and some assistants who are being pursued to be head coaches in the National Football League. Right. That's what you're, that's what you're up against. You got Tom Brady, who could be the greatest quarterback ever. You got Bill Belichick, who be, could be the greatest coach ever. You got, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you know, who I think have just as many Super Bowl rings as Belichick does. So they may be the best coordinators ever in history. And, and then they may become head coaches. And you lose your job because of that. I, I just, that one I would, I would have to rethink. Because who are you going to get? Who's, who, who's gonna, who, who are you going to get? Well, they thought they were trying, they were, the, the rumor was they were going after Josh McDaniel. But apparently, according to reports, he uh, is going to Indianapolis with uh, Andrew Luck. Well, the, you, well um, I, I didn't doubt that there were a couple places where Josh was being considered that the number one thing for him was, do they have a quarterback? He found himself out there in uh, Denver, didn't have a quarterback. And um, a man who's, you know, been a quarterback coach and offensive coordinator with the greatest of all times, you know, I, I don't see him just wanting to start over and start from scratch. And um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, certainly, I, I don't. I don't agree that there was enough information there, or enough uh, that the performance was so bad that he should have lost his job. The players, the players didn't play well. They didn't play well at all. And um, I mean, thirty-five, fourteen. Come on, man, you could do better than that. Sure, you could do a lot better. You could do a lot better than that. And then you get your quarterback hit too many times. New England doesn't have the greatest defensive line in the world. At all. Right. And, and then you got a quarterback like Marcus, and you, you, you got to protect him. You got to protect him. So, uh, okay, so let, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, uh, the Eagles and, and the Falcons and um, perhaps maybe um, how disappointing that was for some people. Uh, wasn't a high-scoring game. I didn't expect it to be a high-scoring game. I, I really didn't. Um, but, again, the Eagles performed, and uh, they were dogs at home, and they got it done. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and wrap it up and but finish talking to the, about the Eagles on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm going to finish living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
Pfizer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The show you just a rail of sports on the Voice of America Network. I mean, Phoenix, they don't like it matters. And of course, what matters, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing an NFC Championship game. And of course, the uh, New England Patriots will be hosting Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, the Eagles will be hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, of course, those Jacksonville Jaguars, um, we don't get a chance to talk a lot about them. But uh, that's a team that I think last year they went, what, did they win three games last year? No, that was two years ago. Last year. Two years ago. Well, let's just say they certainly didn't win as many as they did this year. No. And and they made uh, a couple acquisitions that that certainly helped them out. And a couple of young guys stepped up uh, playing well. And they're going to find themselves uh, against the New England Patriots, of which uh, a team that makes people lose their jobs and some people lose their minds. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about how the Philadelphia Eagles got there and, um, you know, being dogs at home. Because I told you, that, you know, how can you be a dog at home? You know, wow, man, that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, forget the fact it's disrespecting. It, you know, it's like, really? Yeah. You know, we're going to be a dog at home? I mean, we... we we were you know, on this thing, in this position from, like, week two or three of the season. You know, everybody's been saying the Eagles look like they could, you know, they could make a run. Sure, they had their quarterback got injured, but uh, I, I, I think Nick Foles, people just aren't giving him enough credit. You know? No, they're not. And uh, Jacksonville last year was 3-13. and 13. Um, But, no, I mean, once Carson Wentz went down, MVP candidate that that pretty much sealed the deal. Everyone jumped off ship. Thought there's no way that the Eagles are are going to be able to to maintain the 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 momentum they have going into the playoffs. But I mean, it, it, Ray, you you played the game. You're a professional athlete. I'm from the sideline looking on, and I thought about this earlier today. As far as they played in the disrespect card, you know, they're, they no one's picking us. No one's picking us. When nobody picks you, I mean, people pick against you every week. I mean, is that really needed, that extra motivation, that push, that drive? Is that really needed to perform at a high level? <laughs> no, no, it just- no. It, it, it should never be and is never needed. I mean, if you're, if you're looking for somebody to give you motivation to perform, then you ain't going to be playing very long. You, you're self-motivated. You right. you know you have goals and you know that you want to achieve personal goals you want to achieve you have you got your team goals you want to achieve and, and you want to contribute. I, I'm I'm a big player on position production, and I don't ever want to be the position that is lacking in production. You know that I'm not contributing 
to to my team. You know, there's there's times where their plays, when they come your way, you're supposed to take that personal. You know, I talked about earlier about LeBron and, and KD, you know, uh, so we're going to move quickly through a lot of this stuff So because I want to get to some of that, and I also want to uh, get to some of the Chris Paul stuff you and I talked about off the break. But no, you, 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 you take that personal. So you get yourself personally ready because anytime a ball comes in your direction, that means during the week that other team felt as if they could plan a play to come in your direction where they felt they could be successful. And you don't ever want them to feel like they could be successful. No, you need to go the other way. You, mm-hmm. need, to, you need to go the other way. I, I have a picture that, you know, I, I, I wanted to make a poster at one time, you know, because it's, it's a receiver lined up. And then, you know, and there's two pictures, actually. One picture is the receivers lined up. And it's me and, and my boy, God bless his rest of his soul in heaven. Me and Todd Bell are in front of him because we're playing a cover, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was the corner, he the safety. And Todd got his, you know, Todd got his swag, man, got his towel hanging and got blood on his pants. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, my quote under there is receiver pointing to the quarterback and like, you know, go the other way, <laughs> throw it, throw it over that way, you know. And I got another one with me and my boy Wes Hopkins, you know, and but we, we both were uh, Wes was playing the nickel at that time. And I was playing back. But to have safety and the whole thing again, I'm, I got a receiver there, and I'm thinking, you know, he's saying to the quarterback, "No, man, go that way, go over there. Don't throw that ball over <laughs> here right now." <laughs> you know, because that's what happens sometimes. Quarterbacks throw the ball someplace, man, and do just get true. You know, and it's like, man, why did you really, really? Did you not see what I saw when I lined up there? But right. um, no, that whole disrespect thing is, you know, it's again they talk about bullet, bulletin board material and all that type of stuff. You know, you a player. You know, it's, it's not like boxing you know where the two dudes stand up face to face and talk a little trash and all that kind of stuff it's just you in a boxing match it's you and him in a football match I, I used to feel that way a lot of times when a dude come to block me or you know it's a, it's a wide receiver he coming off the line he trying to I mean that's one on one that's just you and him that's, I, that's, I used to do like that's a fight back in the day we could punch him in the head and hit him in the face mask all that stuff man I was like fighting dudes you know it's like get off me you know that that's a fight so um but yeah, but you do when when somebody starts when they call when somehow they make it personal and your number is called or they come in your direction then that's personal and that's some disrespect man I dare you think you need three yards and you're gonna come at me you need five yards and you're gonna come at me you know then that's when you you know to yourself take it personally uh, but other than that no man you just getting ready you just know I don't care who it is they line up y'all ain't getting nothing over here you know it's closed store closed yeah. here man. No, it's close. But um, in terms of Nick Foles being a quarterback, you know, again, I think he feels somewhat disrespected, particularly with the fact that he's already shown that he could win ball games. You know, I know I told you that last week. This man, you know, he's won. And he played. He didn't just play good. He played exceptional this past week. He played exceptional with with his completions and the way he was throwing the ball. You know, I'm I'm riding him all the way. I'm riding him all the way. And, and 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 one thing else I felt good about is the defensive line showed up and showed out. You know, they uh you know putting pressure, keep constantly keeping pressure on the quarterback, you know, making Matty Eyes uncomfortable. You know, even when he made the great he and it was a great throw that he made down on the goal line though, got away and you know they had him he turned around and found his uh running back in the end zone, just dropped it to him. You know, but they they were on him constantly. He wasn't comfortable back there. But Julio, Julio, you know, Julio disappeared. 
Julio didn't have the, you know, again, you you want to have a breakout game. And, uh, you know, Julio needs to get a little bit of Michael Irvin in. Like, just throw me the ball. I don't care if you think somebody, now, again, they tried that in the end zone at the end of the game. It didn't work for him. You know, he, he, he I guess he's not that go up and get it in the red zone. But certainly out in the field, he can make some things happen. I think he just needs to ask for the ball to be a little bit more verbal. Especially when the game on the line, man. Give me the ball. So, uh, what'd you think the Falcons going in? Did you? I, I, well, I think you. I think you liked the Falcons going in, didn't you, man? Hey, Willie. Uh oh. The Vikings this week. Okay, say that again. Yeah, I, I like the Vikings this week. Uh, okay, so you. Oh, so it's just the. So you just don't like the Eagles. Well, that yes, and <laughs> honestly, honestly, no, I, I, I don't like the Eagles. To be perfectly honest with you, but. Um, I want to see history. You know, the, the Vikings is going to be the first time a, a a team has ever played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Man, don't nobody so, care nothing about history. We don't care I, about history. We care about, you know, who's going to be the best team out there that's going to win. You know what? And I'm going to call. All right, I'll do this. Minnesota Jacksonville. So, How about that? So, okay, so you 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 really just, you know, you you just I, I guess you'd have found a couple thousand dollars that you just gonna go to Vegas and try to turn into become a millionaire. No, I'm coming to Minnesota with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's regardless of who show up. That's regardless yeah. of who show. Up. True. But but true. But but but, woo! You really see it like that, huh? I do. Well, I, well, I'll I'll say this: Jacksonville's defense has a swag like no other right now, and I know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I get it. But I, that man number 20, Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell on the D-line, Tevin Smith, and every level of that defense, I, I just, I don't know. I think they might have some yeah, they, forward. Yeah, they, 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 their defense is very athletic, and they can run. They run to the ball. They play the ball well. In a position, they're around the ball. When the ball's on the ground, they pick it up. They run for touchdowns. They make interceptions. Here's where I, I think they're going to have one problem. I like the corners. I think they have one problem. I think the linebackers are going to have problems with Grunk. Everybody he, does. He, he's too big, man. He's too big and too strong and too fast. You know, linebackers could run with him, but he's a big boy. And he knows how to position himself. Tom knows how to throw the ball precisely in the right place for Gronk to make a play on it, I think that's where they're going to be vulnerable at, you know, on plays to Gronk. Not on the outside to the corners, but inside where the safeties and the linebackers are. I think that's where Tom's going to, you know, try to make uh, a lot of things happen. So, hey, hey, yeah. so what I'm going to do real fast, I'm, I'm going to switch something real fast because we got about two minutes left and uh, maybe even 30 seconds. Haha. <laughs> but uh, maybe, uh, no, I think we got about a minute or two left. Uh, basketball, basketball, you know, I, I don't know, man. These dudes seem like they want to play, you know, tough guys here lately. And, and there was some stuff going on yesterday with Chris Paul and, you know, visiting, you know, the Clippers, you know, his former team. And, and the people had a great reception there for him. But, you know, Chris had a little chip on his shoulder and things got chippy. And, and then they continued after the game. And, you know, Chris is the man who represents the, all of the NBA players as the union president. And I right. think he kind of lost his composure yesterday. I think that if he had time to think about it, 
I think he's a little bit somewhat disappointed in the way he reacted. And and all this is alleged things that have happened, him going through the back door and taking some guys down the, that back hallway to the Clippers locker room and maybe trying to confront some of the players. But that that's not the kind of thing you want the president of your union doing if they did do that. Right. It's a bad look. It's a bad look for anybody in the NBA. But let alone, as you said, the, the leader of the players union to, to be involved in something like that is, is totally... Uh, um, <laughs> I don't have the words for it because it's, it's amazing that we even have to discuss that. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's, it's somewhat it's embarrassing for him, correct? And certainly, what's going to be it's going to be costly for for them as well. Oh, very much and, so. And and, and the NBA don't play around because they they make a lot of money, so they fines are really big. But we we've come to the to the point where we've got to end the show. So appreciate you calling in, Willie. Appreciate all you out there listening. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next week, which will be the best time when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Rob, well, okay. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.